This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash starwarsreport. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey everybody, welcome to episode 397 of the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Glad you've joined us. And uh, let's jump in this week. He's back, producer extraordinaire, co-hosting in the co-pilot seat. It's Mr. Bruce Gibson. How's it going, Bruce? It's going very well. Thank you for asking. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I just decided I have a new voice. Yeah, it's a it's a great start. It's I just figure people are tired of hearing my voice and they want something different. And uh, and here we find ourselves. That's why I'm a producer. Creativity, <laughs> new adventures, new voice. Make it stop. Make it stop. All right, we got news. We you got news. Like we got news. I don't like that. I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. You can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. I had to reset well, so quickly. Cut me off, man. <laughs> I, oh. I sure did. Oh, gosh. What do you do when something bad on the show's happening, but it's the producer that's guilty of it? Because the producer's supposed to be the one who cuts. Normally, I really like, don't know why anybody puts me on a podcast. I seriously, <laughs> seriously cannot figure that out. <laughs> to this day, I don't know why I'm no, on the show. No, listen, you are a fine quality producer. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Um, well, thank I, you. You merited a dedicated post on my Instagram, sir. Uh, just to do a shout out for your birthday, and I don't listen. I don't think I've posted for my any. I don't think I've posted a birthday post for my girlfriend at the time. I don't. No, no, I don't think you ever done that, or for Bethany, or your parents, or anybody. I just felt like you deserved like a special shout out for everything you do on the show, and you are a fantastic. Normally, like it's Mark that's going off doing some weird voice impression or something. It's gone as a side tangent, and well, we you're the one it. to rope it in and cut it off. But this time, you're guilty. I'm guilty because Mark's not here. I feel like I have to compensate for his absence. I know, yeah. Mark Mark is out tonight due to uh, scouting um, activities. But Imagine that. We'll be back. I know. Um, but we'll be back you, next week. You only like me as much as you do because I'm one of the few people, if not the only person, mm. that's heard every episode of the Star Wars Report from episode one on. That's probably true. You have. And I, I it's don't an impressive know why I have. All three. <laughs> I have no idea why. why? Um, the epi- 397 of them. That's a that lot. That is scary. That's a lot. Yeah. That's that's a lot. In fact, um, wow. We'll have to do something for 400, right? We got to. We'll to yeah. Do- what do we want to do for 400? I'd say we ask the listeners for some ideas. Oh, well, that would be fantastic. Would you maybe a reunion show? Maybe a special commentary? Uh, email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com, or just hit us up on Twitter or something and let us know what you would want us to do. Because... Like that. That would be coming out the week of Halloween. I'm just I'm just putting that nugget out oh, there. Oh. So maybe it could tie into a hmm. Halloween thing. 
spooky. Maybe we could do the podcast in costume. <laughs> well, I mean, at the, at Halloween, <laughs> I will be at Disney uh, that weekend for the uh, Wine and Dine Half Marathon. Well, okay. So let's do it there. I'll come along. We'll just come on Why out. Not? Come on out here. Why do you do half marathons? Why, <laughs> and nobody cares. So what's in the news? <laughs> yeah, so bad news. News. So actually, I wanted to highlight this story. There's a new um, issue of Empire Magazine. And they uh, highlighted a couple different quotes and stuff from The Rise of Skywalker. But there's really two pertinent things um from it and uh, i tracked it down we'll have a link in the show notes but it's chris terrio the writer who talks about the two key questions of the film and i thought i would read this and then i would ask you the two key questions and see how you would answer them or how you hope they're answered bruce so uh first question is who is ray this is a question that not uh, many people wonder quite literally but also wonder about in the spiritual sense. How can Rey become the spiritual heir to the Jedi? We kept coming back to who is Rey, and how can we give, um, and how can we give Ryan Johnson a call to figure it out? No, uh, and and how can we give the most satisfying answer that not only factually, because obviously people are interested in whether or not there's more to be learned of her story, but more importantly, who is she as a character, and how will she find the courage? and inner strength and power to carry on what she's inherited. So Rey, the, you know, inheritor of the Jedi Order, the keeper of the those old boring books, who is she? Like, what do you think they, what kind of answer do we need in Rise of Skywalker, Mr. Bruce Gibson? Oh my gosh. I think, well, Rey sang Georgia on my mind. Um, and then, oh wait, that's a different Ray. That's Ray Charles. So Ray, I think what she needs to answer or what the film needs to answer about Ray, is that what the question really is? Yeah. 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 Because who is she as a character? Like what is, what does her journey need to be? Like what part of our identity do we need to know? Not just like who's her dad? Well, no, what I need to know is why she is so special. Why was she chosen? Hmm. You know, because, I mean, there's many Force-sensitive people out there, but she seems to really accelerate quite yeah. quickly to her powers as been chosen by the Force. I mean, you know, when Luke says to her on um, in The Last Jedi, he's like, why you? Why did they send you? Mm, I feel yeah. like that is kind of the question throughout these movies. Like, why you? Why Rey? Yeah, I did. So it's not so much who is Rey, why Rey? Hmm. I think that's a good way to put it because that that part of her identity. Do you think? Hmm. Do you think that's something that can be answered in family lineage, or there's something more to her yes. background? Or do you think that's the way it should be answered? I could be family lineage would definitely answer that question because then, as she's a Skywalker, we know that's why she is chosen. That's why she has exceptional Force abilities because of her lineage to the Skywalker family. So yes, that would definitely help answer that question. If she's not part of the Skywalker family, uh, then I want to know what, again, why Ray? what makes her special? Why is she, don't take this too literally, but why is she the chosen one in yeah. the sequel trilogy? Sure. Well, and if you look at the way J.J. Abrams tells stories, if you look specifically at The Force Awakens, I feel like in comparison that's the crowd-pleasing answer. And J.J. Abrams is nothing if not 
crowd pleasing in his storytelling style. I don't I don't think we want the twist and turn. Um, so I, I feel like sometimes the best story might be the most one that's right in front of our faces. I think I would be disappointed, which I haven't been so far, but I think I would be a little disappointed if I just find out that Ray is, yeah, a nobody just for some reason. Like, I don't care if she's a nobody, mm. but then I'd still want to know, okay, but I feel the force chose her because in episode seven, it's called the force awakens. And I yeah. usually think of it like, why did the force awaken in her? Because she even admits it's like, she doesn't have this experience of growing up with the force. And it's always something that's been in her. It's something that just recently just presented itself. It just developed in her. It awakened in her. Yeah. So why now? Why her? And then the whole thing about her parents, it's like either they, are trying to create a mystery in Ray that they don't have an answer to. They just thought it would be cool to make her mysterious. But if that's even the case, regardless, then you've got to answer something as to why she's here. It's like the same thing with Luke. You know, we got the answer to Luke. He's special because, oh, his father was special. And then we get the answers to, well, why is his father special? Because the Medichlorians. Mm. Which some said was a disappointing answer. Yeah, but I think some people accepted if you exclude that answer and just go with, well, he was the chosen one, then the Force chose Anakin. Yeah, which which kind of does make sense. Like, it, there's the biblical parallel of just, like, being chosen, right? right. Um, and and that the Phantom Menace does have those kind of interesting, like, um, mythological parallels that'd be interesting to kind of see. But uh, the idea of whether or not the Force choose, chose Rey in the same way that the Force kind of chose Anakin plays into Chris Terrio's second question, which is, how strong is the Force? Uh, he says, quote, it sounds a little simple, but actually, when you get down to it, it's a sort of Zen cone that we could really meditate on. Not literally in yoga poses or anything. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for clarifying, Chris. Uh, but uh, that, that we would discuss, what is the force and how strong is the force? Those two things are really important. Hmm, that, well, that kind of relates back to the, the title that you just talked about, The Force Awakens, like the degree to which the idea of the force it, uh, implies, therefore, and I remember this was some of the early speculation, the implication of the title of The Force Awakens is that the force has taken a nap, was asleep. Yeah, well, I mean, the force is always with us. It's just when is, when is the force going to flex its muscle, you know? Yes. Hmm. And I think the force is stronger than what we probably perceive because, remember, every living thing is a part of the force. So the galaxy, the creative, the creation of the universe with, hmm. in terms of Star Wars would be part of the force. So yeah. the force is able to create a whole galaxy. The question really is how strong can one be with the force? Yeah. How can how can an individual, how much of the force can that individual carry mm. with them and, and, and use it? So it takes tremendous strength in the individual to utilize the force, and they have to have that s- special capability to do that. Hmm. In, and we see that, we've already seen that a lot with, with Ray. Like, I, I think immediately of the... Oh, it's it's lifting rocks and uh, at the end of the last Jedi where we see this awesome display of force power that is, you know, essentially 10 times what Luke Skywalker demonstrated at the end of Empire Strikes Back. 
And so I think there's there's room to explore and certainly room to explain how that plays into Ray's journey, like her level of strength in the Force. Um, because the Force, when we saw the Force in the original trilogy, it was very, very limited. It was very smaller powers that weren't as theatrical and and we see the Jedi in the prequels, the use of the force is is effortless and ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Well yeah, the force is as strong as what the writers do with it. Yeah. Because they always have to up one another. As you're creating more movies and or novels or whatever you're writing, you want to utilize the force even more. You want to create something new with it. So I would t- we're always getting something new like, oh, now you can Skype through the force. We've never <laughs> seen that before. Now we can project ourselves across the galaxy. This We've has never been, seen that before. And this is this one upsmanship is a danger if you ask me like this idea of like because this goes back this is pre-disney by the way this is not a by the way for people are like and ray's just way too overpowered this is let me allow me to remind you remember the force unleashed like the whole conceit of the video game the force unleashed is what if there were an empty vast universe galaxy where the jedi order had been snuffed out and there was the, the the realm the realm of the force was was unleashed wild uh, untamed and these awesome crazy powers were there for the taking for the for the likes of um oh, what's the name the the secret apprentice mm-hmm. um and and i love that story i actually thought it was really well done a very specific unique style i don't know if i want to see that in a movie but some of those powers like the force maelstrom a bunch of other really cool things i loved it um and then i think here's another example the Old Republic trailers, when we see um, the Jedi Knight literally like catch a lightsaber with her hands using like a force move, right? As as right. I don't remember if you remember that, but um, it, it's it that's something that from the writer's room, not from necessarily like in universe, that is a direction that I think you can go too far and it distracts from the story because I think the mystery and the power, the awesome power of the force are perfectly communicated in the original trilogy where it's a very limited amount of use. Yeah. No, I'm with you because I mean, unfortunately this is a franchise that has to produce games and movies and TV shows. And so you want to show something new. You want to go a little further with things. And if there was going to be an episode you know, uh, 10, 11, 12, even a 13, 14, 15 or whatever, we're probably, or even if they went back to the old Republic and did movies on that, yeah, I think we'll see some force abilities. We were shocked and surprised of. And when people say, Oh, well, Ray, you know, she developed all these special powers and stuff. But at the same time, if you really think about how Anakin and Luke grew up, you know, Anakin was a slave boy and, uh, Luke was a farm boy. Yeah. But Ray lived, you know, on her own. She had to defend herself. We see that scene where, you know, they're trying to, you know, BB-8 is being stolen from her and she's had to defend herself. She's had to fight all her life where Anakin and Luke were just, you know, raised as almost like servants or working a farm and they didn't develop special uh, fighting abilities and such. So Ray, even if the Force, you know, she taps into the Force, she's got some other... abilities she's developed over time it's almost like if you had like three kids and two didn't take karate cat class and one took a karate class and then you gave them the force the one who probably took the karate (laughs) class would be the stronger one 
in yeah. the force. Yeah. Or at least had better abilities than the other two because they never knew how to kick. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'll be really interested because there's a lot of opportunities. You talked about books and video games um, that, we, that we can see some of these force powers. But another topic that really hasn't um, been at the forefront of discussion in the you know, the ramp up to the rise of Skywalker is the idea of where spinoff films or, or non Skywalker saga films, which is basically all of them after episode nine. Um, where does that, where does that fit in? Oh, uh, this is the star Wars report podcast. Mm-hmm. And I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Bruce, about uh, spinoff films because I just recently had a chance to rewatch Solo, a Star Wars story, and I, I was again a lot of the conversations at Dragon Con centered around Solo. When um, I had the uh, opportunity to um, host the panel with Jonas Suatamo, who's Chewbacca, and we, we talked about the Solo film a little bit. Um, and there was uh, the solo panel, fan panel. So I was excited to go watch it. Savannah had never seen it. So um, we got on, we watched all, we watched all of it. And it, it's, it's just something I'm reminded that I f- digested way too quickly and never really got to talk about it nearly as much as I'd like. Because I feel okay. like Last Jedi discussion still overtook Solo when it came. And through. why do you think that is? I think because Last Jedi is a was a controversial, bold Star Wars film, and you either really liked you really liked parts of it, really hated parts of it. We've discussed those things ad nauseum, and it lent for some really great discussions and content. And and Solo, a Star Wars story, is is the Indiana Jones of the Disney era. It's just a fun, wild ride. Um, I mean, it has some cheese here and there and some flaws, but it's just a fun movie and i it, i just thought it'd be kind of fun to ask you what were some of your favorite parts of solo in the context of what you'd like to see in the future of spinoffs so whether that be disney plus or in theaters oh wow yeah. so think so not what my favorite moments of solo but things that i like of so liked of solo that i like to see in other yeah, what, spinoff films what did, like that what did Ron Howard, um, what did they get right that, that we need more of? Mm, well, I think at this point, I would say, I think what's right with that and Rogue One is setting it in the original trilogy era. Hmm. I think hmm. I think that taps into at least, especially the older audience, but I do think there's a special place for that era, even in younger audiences. And um, I, I think playing in that sandbox during that time frame is is a smart move. I don't want to see all spin-off films take place during the original tri- trilogy era or the Empire mm. era necessarily, but I would like to see more of it. Because in a lot of ways, at least from my perspective in my life, I mean Star Wars, you know, having been around when the first movie came out, it's you know, I've had Star Wars in my life for over 40 years. Mm. And you know, there was a long periods of time where I thought I'd never see anything on screen again that involved the Empire, Darth Vader, the you know all that stuff, yeah, and those stormtroopers and so. And now we're starting to get things around that era, and I like to see more of it. So I think that's 
that's a good direction to go. I also think now that we're ending with episode nine, I think it would also be good to tap into that era with some spinoff films eventually too. Well, let me ask you if I'll, I'll push you the next step further. What would you actually want to see from that era? Because we've seen the Han Solo movie, maybe, maybe the Luke Skywalker movie. Well, I'd like to see a follow-up to Solo. Okay. I'll say that. <laughs> Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. That and was a, uh, what, what was the other thing you mentioned? Was it the, like the idea like, of a Skywalker versus... Honestly, I'll tell you this. Um, I mean, of course, the original actors of the original trilogy are too old or, you know, of course, Carrie Fisher has passed away, all that. I would love to see maybe on Disney Plus a series that is Luke, Han, Leia between... Uh, a new hope and empire and their adventures, mm. you know, new actors, not animated. I mean, I, I would go with animated. Yeah. Maybe like clone wars animated style, but I'd love to see a live action, uh, new cast of, uh, uh, hired into maybe even Aaron, uh, Aaron Reich playing yeah. solo again. I mean, yeah. I, I would even accept that. Well, but but I, just, that, I would just like to, because again, going back to when I was a kid, I always wanted to see more Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie, hmm. R2-D2, C-3PO. Like that, I've always wanted to see more adventures of them. Yeah, we got in comics and novels and stuff, but I would love to see more of that. Mm. Well, and that's um, that was Savannah's favorite part of Solo was Alden Ehrenreich's performance. She thought he was the most interesting, engaging. She liked him. She's like, uh, I hope Michael Morris, I'm sorry, didn't really like Lando. Thought he was like too over the top. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of realized for someone who's like doesn't kind of get the bit of Lando, it, it is a lot. He's yeah. very flamboyant in the movie. Um, and and uh, she wasn't a big fan of of Kira either. Oh, I now, love that. Kira. Was see, uh, I gotta say, and I I was I was surprised by that a little bit. Um, although watching it again. I think a lot of people misread or misunderstand Kira as a character because I think the ending of her character is really fascinating. The ultimate yes. um, betrayal of Han. I know betrayal is a strong word and it's kind of charged, but her abandoning the old theme and abandoning the romantic notions of running off and how, you know, I feel like there was a part of her and certainly a big part of Han that expected that expected it to work out. But, even in the you know very last scene of the movie where he says you know I've, he's like you can't be an outlaw forever and he's like I'm kind of getting used to the idea you kind of get that little hint that he's getting there but of course it comes out of of nowhere um, and the other thing she's like is that Darth Maul <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. wait what yeah <laughs> um, I often wonder if that confuses a lot of more casual it it, conf- it was confusing well I I think it um. Maybe, maybe confused. I doubt she even remembered the specifics of his death com- as compared to because she only saw the saw the movie once recently uh, or once last year, The Phantom Menace. So, um, but I, I guess I say all that to say that for her, Alden Ehrenreich, even though he does a pretty straightforward, very close to Harrison Ford performance, he has his own kind of small differences, but because you don't really mess with Han Solo as a, you know, he just has maybe a slightly more naive, optimistic one. Uh, and so she thought he was the best part of the movie, which is, I think, a testament, because as I, I, it's nice to get a casual observer's take on on him. So it gives me faith that if they were to do a spinoff, 
um, that it's very possible to do with Luke Skywalker. And I think there's some really good opportunities there. And I think you they've got you they've gotten out of their system with the Mandalorian. You can have a blank canvas TV show with new characters that we haven't done before, but don't abandon the concept of classic characters we love for future Disney Plus projects, future spinoff films, because I think there's a reason we love those characters. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's a good point because I was thinking the other day, and people who know me know that you know, I'm also a Star Trek fan. Mm. And of course, you've got the original series, and that went on to movies with Shatner, Nimoy, etc. But then, you know, we got the reboot of those characters again with J.J. Abrams in the uh, Star Trek and Star Trek in the Darkness, Star Trek Beyond. And now we're getting a reboot of some of those characters like Spock and the Enterprise on Star Trek Discovery. So we've had multiple actors now at this point. We're visiting and a lot of those characters. And I was thinking the other day about that. It's like. I hate the idea of recasting in a lot of ways, but like you said, solo, it worked for me. Mm. But, you know, as as these actors get older and can't play these parts anymore, I don't want to abandon the characters. Mm. I don't want to abandon the opportunity to do more stories with those characters. And that's why I'm okay with recasting. It's like you're saying, we have a certain love and respect for these characters and would like to see them on screen again. I'm not necessarily shouting for different characters in different situations although I like that too, but at the same time, I do want to revisit these characters. I want to see more adventures with them and yeah. why not do something like that? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, I think it's a, it's a fruitful discussion. That's kind of fun to have now while we don't have these announcements because it's just fun. There's like only so much we can speculate. Like there's some little news stories here and there this week about episode nine that I thought about, but I ultimately canned, uh, because I just wanted to have this discussion with you because it's fun. I was thinking it's just fun to have some speculation and conversation about what we love and want to see as fans instead of debating the merits of what has come or is coming. It's it's that we don't have that. We don't take that breathing room <laughs> nearly enough, I think, in fandom. Well, think about So let me ask you. I know we're both excited about The Mandalorian. That's yeah. coming November 12th. Hyped. We're getting closer yep. to that. So that's exciting. But don't you think you would be a little more excited if the Mandalorian was Boba Fett, forget about what time it takes place or whatever, forget sure. all that. But if that was Boba Fett and IG-88, wouldn't you even be a little more excited? Because these are characters you're familiar with and you get to see more adventures with them on screen. Yeah, absolutely. Right. No, I And that's why people get excited about the Kenobi series. Mm, very true. Well, and I guess we, we have talked around this whole discussion of like, that is exactly what they're doing with the Kenobi series. Um, right. Which just, of course, just makes perfect sense. Actually, of all... I'm most excited, maybe, of, of all the upcoming Star Wars projects for the Kenobi series. Like, yeah, and, and that's the thing. So your question of what needs to be told, none of these need to be told. But at the same time, I mean, I'm just picking places I'd like to see. I'd like to see between episodes six and seven, that gap filled up with mm -hmm. getting to the first story. I think the Mandalorian's yeah. going to give us a little bit of that. But I'll take any, like, any era, any you know familiar characters, not familiar characters, whatever, as long as it's good... Mm -hmm well-told, well-produced, well-acted, well-directed yeah. Star Wars. That's all I care about. Amen. Amen. Amen, sir. Couldn't say it better myself. Hey, wanted to take a second to uh, thank everybody who makes this show happen and supports us over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. And I wanted to do a special shout-out for our newest patron, Ashley. Uh, Ashley, we appreciate you jumping on board. Ashley jumped on the uh, $5 
a rogue transmissions level of which we recorded one right before the show started. Um, how many, I'm, let me load it here, Bruce. We, we're, we're fast approaching 100 uh, episodes of rogue transmissions, which oh, is wow. kind of obscene that we've almost, we've almost hit, we were almost at 400 here. Well, let's see the last one, 85. So we're at 85 uh, Ooh, rogue transmissions. We might uh, surpass Cloud City Casino soon. Oh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, that was just for you, Michael. I know you're listening. <laughs> but we have our, our most recent uh, rogue transmissions. Um, sometimes I'll take little uh, news stories that are breaking and record a little segment. I've done that a couple times recently. Um, sometimes it's more long form, like uh, interviews, panel audio from previous conventions, or like uh, rogue transmissions '84, where I talked about uh, how I got engaged and all that stuff. <laughs> Exciting times. Ooh, wow. it's uh it's all fun behind the scenes mostly non-star warsy talk Some may star i make Wars-y. a request for rogue transmissions yeah hit me i would like to do a rogue transmissions where it's just me talking to your fiance you're not on the episode oh my do i get to qc it do i get to listen to it before i just post you can it? listen to you can be in the background listening i just don't want you like interjecting <laughs> oh, like anything. i still literally have to sit there and i'm not allowed to talk i can ask her any question i want <laughs> this would actually listen i think this is what's going to bring in the new patrons this is a brilliant marketing idea <laughs> but you can be in the room you can be back in the room you can be laughing or going no no don't answer that you know, whatever you want but you can't get on mic <laughs> that's fair that's fair but seriously we're um we're ramping up to do a lot more um in the in the gear up to the rise of skywalker we're going to be doing a lot of really fun bonus content and it'll all be a part of the relaunch of star wars tonight uh, which uh, 30 days oh out, which we're getting gosh. there. I know it's coming up, man. Oh, that's um, a lot of work. I know it is. I'm not the producer of that show. <laughs> no, you're no, you're not. Okay, good. <laughs> this is like, thank God. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot where we do uh, almost daily shows uh, leading up to the rise of Skywalker in the last 30 days. And we're going to be putting out bonus, extra bonus content every week at the rogue transmissions level. So get in now and support the show while we get ready to ramp up to the rise of Skywalker, patreon.com slash star Wars report. That's P A T R E O N.com slash star Wars report. As you wish. All right, let's jump into rogue transmissions. Each week we like to talk about something we've done or read or consumed or listened to in the world of Star Wars. And Bruce, hear that? Hear that? I hear it. It's, uh, yes. uh, and just, <sighs> yes, smell. yes, I do that all the time. I always smell my books. <laughs> <laughs> I always smell my, that's the title of the episode. I smell, um, I have uh, I have continued my Star Wars comics journey, sir. I have finished uh, Star Wars Volume Ten mm. and Star Wars of Volume Eleven. Yay! Which, uh, which the titles being The Escape and <clears throat> The Scourging of Show to Run. Very very Indiana Jones titles on on, on a lot of these. Um, uh, comic a lot of the main Star Wars comic lines, um, they have like listen. All of these could be Indiana Jones title. Are you ready? I'm just gonna read titles of the Star Wars line, the volumes. Okay. <clears throat> Indiana Jones and the Ashes of Jedi. Indiana Jones and the Screaming Citadel. 
Indiana Jones and the Mutiny on Mon Cala. Indiana <laughs> Jones and the Scourging of Stro- Right? It works. It's a very yes, adventure title. But that's what these two volumes are. And I've kind of kept you guys more or less abreast of the um, uh, my reading of the main Star Wars line of comics. And uh, these are both what I would say solid B-plus entries into the, uh, the, the universe. Um, the Escape Chronicles uh, are heroes, um, the big three, becoming stranded on a planet and figuring out how to um, go on this sort of misadventure with the locals. Uh, and it's sort of a side journey that eventually relates back to the bigger galactic conflict. And there's uh, some there's a pretty interesting series of um, conversations. It, it, it kind of reminds me of the farmhouse scene in Avengers, where like all of the heroes go off and you know meet, ha- get, have a chance to like sit back and have conversations about life. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean it's a little boring at times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for volume 10 the escape but the end is 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 amazing and brings back in uh some pretty sweet villains from earlier in the comic series that are some of my favorites so that's a very fairly spoiler free review of volume 10 volume 12 the scourging of shuturan uh chronicles are our heroes as they journey to this planet that is basically an energy superpower alliance with the empire and how the empire is primarily building their their fleet um and the uh, ruler of the planet is the uh oh what is the princess's name this is my this is my problem um queen Queen trios (laughs) no 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 queen trios who is now sort of the arch nemesis of leia um due to plot to to treachery and plot details and things that i want to spoil too much but essentially queen trios um, is a fascinating character in the arc of the story uh, as uh, she and Leia kind of confront each other and you sort of see these two women uh, at odds and how that plays out in this epic kind of like pretty formulaic Star Wars story where they, you know, you got to kill the super weapon, a.k.a. kill the planet, a.k.a. you know, destroy the enemies at the end i'm speaking in vague terms and i'm sure this is rather boring but suffice to say um both solid entries nothing that blew me away um some of my uh, like the ashes of Jeddah were some of my favorites mutiny on mon Cala was amazing um that's volume eight uh there's there have been some really incredible stories they're just a plus in the series so it's only by comparison that these are like good but not amazing Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So now you've read 11 volumes, and yes. there's what, a total of 13 or 15? That's Yeah, and that's actually a correction based on, um, we got some feedback from you guys uh, from the episode two weeks ago where Mark and I were discussing like how tough it is for me to keep track of comics, and if there were a tool, in, uh, our l- listener Andrew suggested Goodreads, which is where I've started, and now I'm up to date. I talked about that a few weeks ago in the episode. Um, Andrew actually sent a follow-up uh, let me, I, I added it in the notes here. Here we go. Uh, in reply to Mark, yes, you can track X-Men comics. Okay, well, there you go, Mark. Um, but he, he also <laughs> said, just start, um, you can, uh, he likes how you can start basically, and this is what Goodreads says, you can start at the point where you like to read 
And like if you find a volume that you like and then it says, oh, it's part of a series and you can click on that series and look at the whole series. Um, that's how Andrew navigated through the Ultimate Spider-Man and that's how he tracks all of his comics. And now how I track all of the comics I've been reading as I'm slowly catching up on every, my goal, uh, Bruce, is every Marvel comic that they've published since the Disney buy. Uh, I'm going to read. And I'm, I'm yes. well on my way, sir. Uh, my next one, I have the, uh, hang on. Hang on, just, uh, this is, this is how obsessed I am. I have, uh, Vader Dark Visions. I haven't read it yet. A controversial one. I'm very interested to, to Why is that controversial? There's like, there's like an issue that's like really weird. So basically the, the, the thesis of this is that with the main Vader line ending, these are a series of four issues that each look at Vader, the character through the lens of someone else in the galaxy. Right, it's cool oh, okay. But one—it's kind of the, like the um. Oh, what was that book called? From a certain point of view. Yes, yes, kind of like that. And so the like Vader the Conqueror. But there's this one, and I flipped through it a little bit. I'm going to show you this one. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh wow! Wait, uh, who's that? This exactly. This is like <laughs> this is a, a lady in like a Greek goddess dress. Just like uh, snuggling up kind of close to Vader, touching his yeah. chin seductively. And this issue, and I haven't read it, and I know there's there's probably a series of sensitive, politically charged opinions about this. I haven't read it yet, so I don't have any opinions. But I will say, w- the little bits I've looked at, it seems to be like from the perspective of like an obsessed... Uh, an obsessed imperial woman who thinks like Vader's this super hunk, and it's oh. weird. And it's weird, man. Like I flipped through it, she it looks can't weird. See him. I, I, I don't get it, and it's weird. Um, he's all in mask and armor. She can't see. Maybe you should read this so we can talk about it. Or maybe, I we, or maybe <laughs> uh, us two white guys shouldn't talk about this at all. I don't know. That might be the better. But I'm interested in the whole in the whole. Thing. I don't think any white guys should be talking Star Wars Amen. at all. <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> maybe not that comic issue specifically though, because there was like a big, evidently, some kind of blow up on Twitter, and it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. And then I also have the first issue of Poe and That's one of the series that's been long running for a while that I'm excited yeah, yeah. to catch up I on. Have I read? No, I haven't read that one. Um, I don't think so. So that's my uh, that's and, and then just because I was in a comic shop in Virginia. Um, like two, a week ago or two, I just in bought Virginia. Some, when were you in Virginia? I was visiting Savannah cause she was at a training there. So I went up there on my That's weekend and I saw there's a comic shop literally right next to the hotel. Um, oh, perfect. we were staying at. And so I just swung over there and I saw all of the, the these are new and I'm catching up. So I'm behind, but they have the, like the age of comics. So I snagged the Luke Skywalker one, Age of oh, Rebellion good. and the Age of Resistance Ray issue, just single issue just yeah. for fun. But anyway, that's my... I remember this coming out. Yeah, you know what? As much travel as I do, I never thought of trying to find a hotel next to a comic shop. I should do that. (laughs) But then the kind of hotels I stay at probably are too good for next to a comic shop, (laughs) you know? Or the comic shops are too good for those hoity-toity hotels. That's what I say. Exactly, yeah. Like uh, room service with a comic book, please. (laughs) That would be a great idea, actually. Um, Okay, so Boba's Bounty. Yes, sir. So you may want to, if, if you want, queue up Spotify because this is about music. Oh, uh, well, thank you for the heads up, sir. So uh, I heard about this. I think it was on CBS Sunday Morning. Okay. Uh, they interviewed John Williams, mm-hmm. and he has a new album out oh. with uh, violinist and Sophie Mutter. Oh, I, I saw this. It was a great segment. It was really cute. 
Yes, and I'm a big, of course, John Williams fan, and I used to play violin in my younger days, and I love the violin even more now. So uh, they do several Star Wars things from Ray's theme, Yoda's theme, Across the Stars. Actually, the novel is titled Across the Stars, and also uh, there's a a track called Luke and Leia. So there's four of in there, and then there's some other things like something from Harry Potter and some you know other like movies that um, John Williams has written for, where it's not just uh, a solo mm-hmm. of performance. There's a bit of an orchestra with her, but it's mostly violin. So if you want to play some of that, in fact, here's Ray's theme. Oh, interesting. So it's basically like his classic themes, but with the violin as the lead. Yes. Interesting. I, you know, I didn't even look at the album, but um, what? Let's see. Which one should I? Did you have a favorite, perhaps, that jumped out to you? Um, why don't you? I mean, it. The, the album's named after Across the Stars, so maybe play that. Yeah, that's of course. That's the, that's the classic one. intro different I see where I see where you're going <laughs> that's amazing I love it isn't that nice I love it so yeah it's if you like John Williams, if you like, of course, Star Wars music, and we hear a little bit of a different take, and you like the violin a lot, I, I highly suggest this. And like I said, there's other tracks from other movies and such in there. Nice. So. No, for sure, man. And I'll tell you what, it's one of those things that I always love alternate, varied versions of the Star Wars music, but what better way than arranged and uh, conducted by John Williams? <laughs> and I- just to let you know, the last track is from Schindler's List, which has a lead violin to begin with, but she does a great performance of that too. Mm. That's probably one of my favorites. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you know, I'll leave that. I'll leave it to play in the background as we wrap up uh, this week's episode of the star Wars report podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. We'd really do appreciate it. Bruce. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Uh, had a great time with you. It's uh, not often enough that we get to just like uh, cruise with the two of us. Uh, Mark, you were missed, but uh, we'll catch up again next week and we'll be back at a lot of this crazy now grant i know you're it's way too much way too in the deep end but i'm hoping you do come on star wars tonight a couple times as oh i'll get, definitely do that as i get ready for the craziness i've already enlisted scott rifen uh so it's it's happening it's happening um hey you can uh email us star wars report at gmail.com uh email us what you would want to do here or here for our um special 400th epiversary uh Email us starwardsreport at gmail.com or just hit us up on Twitter at Star Wars Report. Super easy. We're also on Facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, make sure if you haven't liked our Facebook page, make sure you do that um, because that's where we often do the live streams for uh, Star Wars Tonight, as, as I was just talking about. Uh, podcast is available on Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review. It really helps get the word out about the podcast so we couldn't do it without you guys 
getting the word out about us and supporting us. Speaking of, thank you so much to everybody supporting us over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, Bruce, where can people find you on the internet? And uh, mm. any plugs you want to send uh, our mm. way? Well, yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. I'm just Admiral Rex on Instagram. And uh, yeah, Literary Treks, we've got some really good stuff coming up, um, which is a Star Trek books and comics podcast. And then I recently did a live show uh, this week and another one coming up about Short Treks because there's new episodes of Short Treks and that's called Live from the Edge. If you want to listen to that as a podcast or tune into the live show, we have one coming this Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on YouTube on the Trek FM YouTube page. Nice. Look at you. You have it right off the top of his head, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Hey, big shout out to Andrew, uh, our emailer this week. And also a shout out to at my underscore wall underscore life uh, for uh, jumping in on Twitter to update me on the, uh, the comic situation. Issue 13 is the ongoing last uh, full volume of the Star Wars line. And so we were talking about that the other week. So shout out to everybody. Uh, and you guys join the community. Hit us up on social media in between shows. And of course, subscribe, subscribe if you haven't. But uh, that's enough of the plugs. Uh, you can follow me at the Riley guy if you want. Um, you know, I'm not your dad. But um, <laughs> we do appreciate it. Until next time, uh, may the force be with you. And go listen to Across the Stars. More music, more music. Mm-hmm. This is crazy, man. What does Yoda's theme sound like? I love it. I love it. I've, mm-hmm. I've saved it to my favorites. Well done, sir. Yay. You know what? You would think you would have thought that that would have been my opposite. Um, uh, that would have been the opposite <laughs> in terms of, in terms of, uh, I almost called it Boba's Bounty. In terms of, Bounty. oh, that I probably would have brought up a comic I read and you would have brought up the music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to catch up, man. Well, um, I think when, when the series wraps up, it'd be fun to actually do a timely review of it whenever that final volume comes out in like a month. How far, how far are you in the main Star Wars line? I don't remember, like three or four volumes. I will sit. <laughs> like, I will send you the volumes in the mailbox. No, you don't need to do that. <laughs> Keep them because you want them, right? You I do. Well, them. yeah, you'd send them back, right? <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get them. All don't right. worry. All right. Yeah, I think it's like next month or something, but it'd be fun. Good times. All right, sir. I won't keep you appreciated as always, and I'll uh, hit you up once I.